Welcome to Pat Sherlock's podcast series, interviews with top mortgage sales leaders. Learn practical tips for improving sales management results. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Pat Sherlock, and welcome to the podcast. Today's topic is a fabulous topic, transitioning from a bank to an independent mortgage banker. And I have the perfect person to talk about this important topic, and that is Matt Cook. Matt is Senior Vice President with Runoff Mortgage Banker. Prior to that, Matt was with Caliber, Fifth Third, and National City. Hi, Matt. Hey, Pat. How are you? I'm doing well. And this is a fantastic topic, especially when we're going into transition and some of the banks are backing away and, and so forth. So I'm glad that you're going to share your thoughts on that. But before we start on that topic, let's talk about how did you get into the world of financial services and mortgage banking? You know, it was interesting. I was working at a building which was considered Mortgage Row at the time in Cleveland. And I was doing M&A turnaround stuff for a franchise marketing company. I would find that I would I would be gone for three to six months at a time. And uh, as I was starting to settle down and, you know, start thinking about a family at a young age, I said, uh, and so I had a good friend who was a CPA who said, hey, you should try this mortgage thing. And he paired me up with one of his clients. We drove around in a fancy car and talked to realtors. And I said, you know, I think I could do this. And um, so that's pretty much how it started. You know, a little bit of a surprise. It's not as easy as what he made it out to to be. But it was really a, a great sort of launch into my mortgage career. Well, many people have that same experience. It looks easier than it really is. That's for sure. And so what are your current challenges in uh, your position now? You know, for my position, it's always about people. It's uh, about having the right people. We went through a period where, I mean, really, if you look at it from 2010 to 2021, 22, interest rates had continually dropped, right? So it felt like you were in a little bit of a refi boom. So it was tougher to attract people into a purchase market because they were pretty thick with refinances. And now we're starting to see that dynamic shift, right? So interest rates have gone up, the refis have subsided, and people are really evaluating where they're at and is it the right place to call home uh, if they're going to go out in the purchase market. Yeah, that's the age-old problem. When the market shifts, people aren't ready for it. And we all know that doesn't end well, obviously. So talk about some trends that you think in mortgage banking that lenders need to be aware of that maybe they're not. You know, when you think about trends, I, I think there's the technology piece is crucial and sort of fintech playing in that space. The job they're doing at really trying to streamline that borrower experience. Um, we got a little company out there called Amazon. I don't know if you've heard it before, <laughs> heard of it before, but they, they, they sort of have an effect with the new uh, sort of generations that are coming up that they really feel like, hey, listen, why does it have to take me you know, 45 days to get a mortgage? Why can't this be 10 days or 15 days. So I see that as a trend. I see I see another blockchain is going to play, I think, a vital role. Uh, and you did a great podcast with Dan Habib from mm-hmm. MBS Highway. I listened to that and uh, I was super excited, you know, to listen to that, not only, but just, you know, to educate yourself on the crypto space. Blockchain just in general is, um, I think at some point down the future, we're going to buy a house on blockchain. So Right. Yeah. What's interesting that you mentioned about that is that um, in the Inman conference that they have their annual 
conference every year with realtors, they uh, one of the speakers talked about that he thinks in less than 10 years, 50% of house purchases will be through uh, the blockchain and crypto. So that's what led to having that podcast. So I'm glad that you liked it. Talk about, I guess, this issue of the mortgage lending, besides the rising rates, everybody talks about rising rates and, and the challenge that you see sounds like technology, but any other challenges? Yeah, you know, I, I think the uh, the need for accuracy, data integrity, you know, we're, we're not into a, uh, you know, financial crisis uh, like we were in 2008 to 2010 or so uh, with buyback or repurchase concerns. I do think the technology piece is really going to help us solve for some of these issues going forward. You know, and I think you're going to see uh, different business lines pop up. So like we start looking at remote online notarization, mm-hmm. we start looking at electronic notes filed. Those are, those are items that they're not going to happen overnight because it, it seems to be a waltz between the court and the municipalities and, and us. And, but it really, you know, I think will create a much better borrower experience. And I, I think, the other trend that I would look at is, is how do you get to the borrower first, mm-hmm. right? Before the borrower walks into the open house or walks uh, through the realtor's doors, how do you get to that borrower first? Uh, so I think uh, big data and data analytics are going to play a role in how we can, how we can sort of um, conjure up business, if we'll call it that. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. So how do you keep, and you've been in the business for a long time, how do you keep up to date with all these changes? I do a lot of reading. My wife sort of looks at me awkward, but it's it's one of those things where trade publications, so everything from National Mortgage Weekly to Kiplinger's to investment to crypto, and then really just keeping an eye on you know National Association of Realtors and really trying to get an idea as to what they're dealing with because that has a spillover effect on uh, into our our business. And and I attend a lot of local trade shows. I attend the local events sure. um, and I'll, I'll constantly ask a lot of questions on, Hey, what challenges are you facing, et cetera. So. Right. Yeah, no, that's, that's the strategy I would recommend for all listeners that are newer to our business. You need to keep up to date for sure. Well, let's talk Matt about this issue. I mean, you've been at banks, you've been, now you're at mortgage company, more independent mortgage bankers. Talk about the transition. What do you see as some of the things that are, people don't really recognize that the differences in the approach. So talk about that. Yeah. It's a, you know, banks were, banks were very good to me coming out of the financial crisis and it seemed like a very safe place to land. Um, the difference though, uh, when you look at a bank versus a, a mortgage company is, you know, the banks have multiple revenue streams and obviously each of those businesses perform differently at different times and different cycles. Um, so when you look at, you know, a bank and how they approach the business, a lot has to be driven off of what their contribution margin is to the, to the overall entity. And a bank might have 15 different revenue streams coming in. And if you see that your revenue stream is, you know, 5% of the, the total uh, in aggregate, uh, you probably should be concerned that you're probably not going to get the investment you need to be able to, to operate as fast as you need and really create that client experience. So I would see that 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 from the bank standpoint, they've got multiple uh, lines of business that they have to invest in. If we look at the mortgage banks, the independent mortgage bankers, they've had one business line. That's it. So they really have have gone full throttle into the technology space, day one certainty, 
they don't take us sort of sit back and, and wait and see what everybody else does. They, they sort of plow into those areas, develop them, create uh, systems, uh, processes around them. And as a result, you know, they, they, they can go like, I think, Ruoff Mortgage last year, they averaged 18 days from application to clear to close. Mm-hmm. If I look at turn times in the banking space, they might have been 90 days. And so that, that sort of shows you right there the demonstration towards the commitment to technology. So talk about that, which I think is a great point that you're raising, is that when you move from a bank to an independent mortgage banker, it typically is that the technology is better. And talk about what your experience has been. Yeah, I think the uh, technology, I, I, as I came over to the independent side, I felt like it was going to be better. I really didn't have an idea that it would be this great. They have ironed out um, everything from day one certainty to, you know, there's a lot of times that, you know, we'll take a loan application uh, here at Ruoff and we don't need W-2s, pay stubs or bank statements. Mm-hmm. And to most, to, uh, to the banking side, they're still in that model of, I'm going to collect the W-2s, pay stubs, bank statements, and they don't trust the technology whereas the mortgage banks have, have really gone down that path and it's made a significant difference in their turn times and their experiences. That's a good point that you're raising is that uh, they don't trust the technology. And a lot of times it's tied together with they have legacy systems, whereas a mortgage banker with just one product component uh, or maybe even a couple of products, you know, really is focused on trying to serve the customer, I think, a lot faster. Um, but talk about this issue from the standpoint of, I guess, attracting bank loan officers to independent mortgage bankers. What typically are you seeing and why do originators want to leave a bank to move into an independent mortgage banker? Well, there's, I think the technology piece is one important part. They really don't understand it until their, their, their hands are on the keyboard, so to speak, and then they see what we can do. But beyond that, you know, there's also a compensatory difference between us and the banks. Sure. So when you look at going out to originate loans for an independent mortgage banker, that compensation package looks entirely different than that of a bank. Now, there's a comfort zone issue, right? So these folks that have been with banks for 10, 11 years, they, they, need, to, they need to understand that they need to self-source their business. They don't have checking accounts, savings account customers walking through the door. They don't have personal bankers looking for business for, that, for them. So it really becomes a very much a relationship business um, as they migrate over. But there's some trepidation there. It's normal, right? It's change. But we're starting to see a lot of bankers take a look at the independent side and say, yeah, maybe I should build myself sustainable business here versus at the um, banking organization. So, but when you look at this idea of by being in a ba- uh, being in a bank branch, I certainly see lenders that are bank lenders emphasizing the ability to get walk-in business and so forth. But people are not really visiting bank branches anymore. Right, so, right. so it's kind of a disconnect. I mean, so what is right, the right, advantage right. of being in a branch bank? I mean, I'm not sure that I understand it. Yeah, I think, you know, it is, it's interesting, right? So I remember this was years ago. My daughter worked at Dairy Queen and and, uh, I said, she got her check and I said, hey, I said, we'll stop in the the local Fifth Third Bank down in Medina and we'll deposit the check. And she looked at me and she says, well, why would I go to the bank? 
And that's when it sort of hit me. I was like, okay, that's why transaction counts continually are eight, 10, 12% down year over year. Right. And because people, people don't want to go to the grocery store anymore, let alone to a bank. So it's, <laughs> Good point. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a very interesting uh, dynamic. And uh, I think the value proposition for the banking space uh, has changed drastically with the rise in interest rates. Right. Well, it does raise the question. If you look at, and I've I've read many times the like the Rocket Mortgage or Quicken Loans, and they're interesting from the standpoint that they are almost like a pseudo bank because they do many different products, not just mortgage. They have diversified. Do you see that kind of the future of the mortgage banker? Is in other words diversifying to other products? Yeah. You know, it's, I for instance here at Ruoff, we have an insurance agency. Yeah. So I. I would see that there's additional revenue stream opportunities that exist. I think you always have to look at that through the through the lens of the consumer and is the experience where you want it to be when you add different lines of business into your sort of um, arsenal of offerings, if we'll call it that. So yeah, I do see that as a, a potential opportunity downstream. And so when you when you when you see this issue of say CRMs and other types of technology that you kind of already mentioned, a lot of times you don't see the banks making that investment in it. And uh, but maybe that is an, an old thought, or is that what you currently are seeing? No, I, I, I think we just continually see it. At, at one point, the banks would be fast followers, and today I would say that they're they're probably five years behind what's available in the marketplace. And now you brought up a very valid point though. You know, banks, you know, they grow through acquisition. Sure. And so they do have a myriad of different systems that they have to try to integrate, which makes it more difficult for them, you know, to 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 board new customers and focus on that customer experience. So talk, Matt, about this issue of the local branch. Obviously, in a way, in the independent mortgage bankers, the setup is a branch setup. And likewise, you know, we're talking about bank branches also being, you know, another setup. So how do you see that kind of playing out, this whole idea of the local representative in some office that is situated in a town? Talk about that. Yeah, yeah. COVID was really interesting, right? So when COVID hit, the ability to adapt to new technology really in a matter of a couple of weeks was very, very relevant to the mortgage banking firm. And they didn't have it. They didn't have any problem making that transition. Probably back in the day, you probably saw 60% of your clients face to face. You probably had a conversation with them face to face. Today, I would argue that probably 10% of the clients are face to face interactions. Most mm-hmm. are done through teams, go to webinars, etc. cetera. Uh, and I think that's, that's really helped the independence because they've, they've had the technology to sign disclosures, do everything right from their mobile phone. Right. Where if you look at the banks, it, it, that technology just, it, while it might be there, it's still clunky and it hasn't really been perfected, if we'll call it that. Well, that raises another point about social selling channels, and I definitely see it as a distinguishing component where banks are very frightened of it. And certainly, on the other hand, independent mortgage bankers, you know, typically are committed to it. Talk about that differentiation. Yeah, I'll tell you, the uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, uh, I wouldn't probably throw Snapchat in there, but LinkedIn would be one. Mm-hmm. All of those channels are very viable ways to advertise that you're in the mortgage business. 
you know, the other part of this is most banks are afraid of it because their compliance directors are like, we're afraid our employees are going to say the wrong thing. Right. Or they're going to, uh, you know, uh, uh, state a specific interest rate and then they've got Reg Z issues. Um, whereas here we're like, we just, hey, just make sure you say the right thing and go ahead and have at it. But it, it is, it's really interesting because when you start looking at Facebook ads, things of that nature, there's a whole nother avenue for people to generate business. And, you know, at the end of the day, that, that makes a significant difference uh, in all of our loan officers here at Ruoff, but just abroad uh, throughout the entire independent space. Well, right. And I definitely agree with you. I do think that's a big right. differentiation for independent mortgage bankers. So, Matt, we only have a few minutes left. What are a couple takeaways that you want our listeners to hear today? Uh, you know, I would say you need to, to, to make sure that you're delivering the best world-class customer experience through technology-based platforms. Clients expect it these days. I would sincerely pay attention to crypto and blockchain because over the next five to 10 years, I think you're going to see that play an important role in our business. And uh, I think the last thing I would say is continually educate yourself on market trends, uh, what's going on, what's happening in the real estate business. Stay plugged into those numbers because a lot of your clients or your referral partners are going to expect you to have that knowledge base and thoroughly communicate, hey, here's what's going on with inventory. Here's what's going on with interest rates. Here's why things are ratcheting mm-hmm. up as fast as they are. So those well, I would think be my takeaways. Yeah, they're, they're great words of advice, that's for sure. And I want to thank everybody for listening. I certainly appreciate you spending time with us. And I want to thank Matt for sharing his thoughts. Thanks so much, Matt. You were terrific. Thanks so much, Pat. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We appreciate you spending time with us. If your sales team needs training in hiring and lead generation, schedule a free consultation by emailing me at psherlock at qfsconsulting.com.